0: welcome to unfiltered where we invite two experts to discuss a current topic over coffee in this first episode professor scott lucas and amelia morris discuss the question all things considered is the world really such a bad place
1: so this there's this fellow stephen pinker you heard of him Okay, well he's a (laughs) political philosopher. He's at Harvard, right? So Pinker comes out and uh, he says, uh, okay, so everybody complains about austerity and they might complain about conflict, but he's saying, look, uh, the rate of wars has gone down since Mm -hmm. 1945 and he's saying, uh, the rate of homicides has gone down since the 1990s. It's the lowest it's been, say, in somewhere like New York City yeah. in history. Now, you've got to say, I mean, whatever your neoliberalism is out there, so you've got to say some folks have got it better off now than, than they had it 20, 30 years ago, right?
0: I think that you can't, so uh, was that statistical data that he used, yeah. so I think that you can't uh, remove people's experiences just, I think that when you just use numbers, that kind of takes away from people's everyday lives and what i would say to this guy is who's doing the data collection how many people have they talked to um like who's like wielding these statistics i don't think you can ever take statistics as value free i think there's always an ideology behind using those, using that form of data and also the people that say those things of of like you know oh we've, we've never had it this good obviously haven't seen like, the, the reliance on food banks, obviously haven't seen like, the amount of people of color literally getting incarcerated and killed in the U.S. and the U.K., it, like Yarlswood, for example, the detention center. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, that it's kind of, I think that you have to come from a position of privilege in order to make those claims.
1: 25 years ago, a guy named Francis Fukuyama Okay. Goldman official, you heard about him?
0: End of end of uh, end of
1: history, yeah. wasn't it? All history had ended, and it yeah. was like liberal democracy had won, yeah. and uh, hurrah for us. Too bad about the communists. Yeah. And then it all went pear-shaped, like in the Balkans, yeah, and in Haiti and in Rwanda within a few years. Yeah. So I know what you're saying, and you're saying, look, you know, economically, it's not all progress, and mm-hmm. so on. But isn't it the case still? that we still have more opportunity now, because we've had like technological progress,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we've got economic progress, we've got decent cafes in Birmingham, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not saying that we Okay,
1: that, yeah. all right, so <laughs> just, yeah, I'm trying to get, to get you, give me a little bit of optimism here, beyond just yeah. simply saying resistance, comrade.
0: Yeah, I, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I'm not a communist, but I would say... No, we're not. <laughs> But I think that, yeah, I think definitely with like technological developments, there's been, uh, I think that there is a lot to be said for social media, especially things like Twitter in forms of activism. Right. So I don't know if you've heard, so like uh, movements like Black Lives Matter, that was born out of Twitter, basically. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have happened without social media. And also just things like, um, just just things like the organisation of protest movements o- online. The um, And in terms of gender as well, I think that... Um, it's been a really good way for people to kind of advance uh, trans rights using the, the yeah. internet. Um, just through everyday use of social media, I'm not even talking about like the organization of, of activism now.
1: What it sounds like to me is like, all right, you got all these people and they're marching quite rightly for LGBT rights and transgender yeah. rights. And thank God we got same-sex marriage, which I never thought we'd see in my lifetime, yeah. right? And we even once apparently had an African-American as president in the United States. That seems a long time ago. Yeah. But I'm sort of addressing this to you and to that Steven Pinker guy, mm. which is where's the space for considering if life is better yeah. for like someone who's had to flee Syria or someone who's had to risk what's happening in Afghanistan or even take somewhere like Venezuela right now,
0: mm.
1: which is not a happy country, right? are we all being just a bit western-centric?
0: Well from our perspective I think that one way to overcome like western-centric viewpoints and like within academia we have the we have the opportunity to kind of connect with people who aren't going to be in academia so I think that like teaching for example is a real important form of resisting those like colonial perspectives so I think by bringing in so for example like bringing in yeah, post-colonial feminist work into reading lists and things like that. I think that that's a really important way to push back against those kind of people that would say, oh, it's great for everyone if you're white and rich and living in London. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I am mean, I'm, yeah. I'm with you at one level. I guess what I'm sort of thinking is this, that um, uh, it, it's almost like playing that game of either or in that either you say... Uh, I mean, this is my dad. World's going to hell, right? Yeah. Really going to hell, and so you're stuck in that pessimism. But then on the alternative, you get like uh, someone like a Pinker who says, "Oh no, 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 no! Here's my, here's my little charts here, and you know you're not as much risk about getting killed, at least in New York City. You're still, you're still at a lot of risk in terms of handguns there, yeah. and uh, you, you're not as much a risk at war supposedly. But I'm sort of kicking against both of those because. Uh, On the one hand, it's not like there's this linear progress going upwards. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you look at a place like uh, Syria, you look at Palestine, still scrapping, you look at parts of Africa. Um, And on the other hand, uh, uh, that space that you're talking about, which isn't just resistance, but hope, Mm -hmm. is hope. And so it's like not just saying, well, life is better. But it's like actually dealing with the real world and getting out there and saying, OK, what can we, what can we do? Because there's some bad people out there. I mean, there's some real bad people. And I'm not just talking about the guy who's in the White House right now. Yeah. Because he's kind of, <laughs> he's kind of ineffectual bad, right? Yeah. No, the guy with the orange hair, the orange skin and the, yeah. the coiffed hair, that fellow, uh, he was a failed businessman at one time. Uh, no, I'm thinking more about people who actually are not just loudmouth bad, but actually doing really bad things. Like,
0: I think yeah i think that like the problem is that i think that there's a nuanced debate is something that's been missing from politics for a long time i think that often there's a tendency to to be one or the other and be like everything's fine or to say oh everything's awful and we need this reactionary uh uh, you know like reactionary perspective and and tactic um i think that that's i think that that's one way that the internet has been really um, useful is generating these these nuanced debates and 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 allowing people to have access to them on one level but then I think on the other there's also the other um issue on the flip side of that which is that it's also kind of reduced debates down through like sometimes through like like memes but then I think memes can also be quite important in uh, in uh, like pop culture and uh Politically as well so I think that yeah I think that nuance is something that's really important I don't think you can say I think that it's also relative as well because I think if you say to someone um, that's living off food banks in in the UK oh well you haven't got it as bad as a Syrian refugee that's how things like brexit happen <laughs> because yeah. then they're, then they're like oh well to, like through my perspective this is the worst thing that could happen because I can't afford to feed my family I don't think that you can ever I think that yeah like they're both tragedies and that they should be something that's solved by government and through political discourse but I don't think that when you start to compare um, and um, say that things are oh it's oh it's not as bad as this person then that's how like Animosity is created. I think.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good. You hit it. So we don't we don't sit here playing this and that, compare this and that. We got to get to like each and every case that we can identify mm-hmm. of what people are experiencing.
0: And I think that there's, yeah. I think that um, there's a a tendency as well to do to do to do the like what aboutism as well. Yeah. So say if you're like, oh, um, the NHS is in crisis, uh, public services, blah blah blah. And then they'll be like, well, what about when Jeremy Corbyn spoke with the IRA or whatever? And it's like that, like there's that thing of like removing, it's kind of like shifting debates too quickly and like and, 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 and taking away the importance of one debate by talking about another topic it's it's kind of a it's something that you see quite a lot i think um especially in terms of like when um the terrorist attacks on westminster happened and then there was like people were trying to have a nuanced debate but it was like well what about when this happened or what about when this happened it's always that like reaction and you also see it when there's like school shootings in america they're like well what about um you know like oh this happened or whatever like it's it's to it kind of Removes the importance of the debate by bringing up another important debate, but it's a way of gaslighting that that person's point almost.
1: Yeah. All right. So, so look, uh, should I be going the soft L liberal way about this, which is I go and cast my vote in the ballot box and uh, and I do a little bit of teaching and a little bit of uh, you know talking to my neighbors? Are you telling me that, that uh, I need to go back like I did thirty years ago and hit the streets again?
0: I mean, I don't think that I don't think that like political resistance is only only enacted through marching. Okay. Um, I think that, for example, I think that teaching, as in like teaching at universities, is a really important way of uh, generating political resistance because that's how you're bringing in like a range of world perspectives. And if you have a reading list that's all white male um, scholars from like the 18th century, that's creating, um, uh, that's creating a dynamic for the classroom about who can be a scholar, and that has a kind of ricochet effect about how those students perceive the world, I think. So I think that that's a really important form of, of activism. But then I think also, like, like there's also, um, I think that Twitter, for example, is a really important form of, of, of activism there's um especially for
1: things like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that okay so let me about finished up my tea but uh, let me ask you then six months from now uh you're going to be happy when you get that PhD right uh
0: yeah
1: (laughs) I think so and you'd be you would be real happy if you could get a job as well I'm done right
0: yeah well yeah all right so
1: so help me out so six months from now what else would make you happy Beyond um, your personal future, what else would make you happy? What
0: so, generally, like in society? <laughs>
1: yeah, if you could tell me, if you could tell me, life is getting better in six months. What would be a marker for you beyond that PhD and being Dr. Morris?
0: Free bus passes for under thirty <laughs> no, that, that, <laughs> Um What I think. Well, in six months' time, I mean, in two years' time, if there was a Labour government in this country, that would make me happy. If the Tories were out, no. um, but I don't know whether that will happen or not. I'm not sure. I think that there's hope for that to happen from the last election, but I don't know whether that would that will happen. <laughs> but in six months' time, um, mm, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I can't answer that. Sorry. I <laughs> will
1: yeah, I'll, 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 You want me to kick back against you just for a second? You know what make me happy? What? What made me happy? You know, six months from now, there was a person who checked their political affiliation at the door, but they came in and just told me, you know what, I know something more about this issue, which might be like how poor folks have it in this country, or it might be, for example, I know something more about why we need gun control in the states, or I know something more about what has caused a conflict like Syria. That's what made make me happy, you know? Mm. If people just actually had a bit more knowledge and understanding, because mm. quite often uh, it's, it's like this paradox. It's like people got all this information at their fingertips, but there's all this confusion and muddle as well. And it's like if we just take a step back and someone says, yeah, I, I understand what's happening now beyond my doorstep. Maybe, maybe we got a shot.
0: For more content and other episodes, visit www.birmingham.ac.uk forward slash unfiltered.